A blessed Sunday, brothers and sisters in Christ. It is September once again, the start of the Burr months. And so, despite the ongoing onslaught of the pandemic, we are cheered as we scroll, scroll through memes of our favorite holiday singer, Jose Marichan, as he invades, invades our Facebook page. Indeed, it is a joy to hear his Christmas songs all over the radio and playing in different malls once again. I don't know if you know, but here in UECP, we also celebrate music every September. Every year, we celebrate our Sacred Music Sunday this month, a celebration of our church's musical heritage from our Lord. And so, in line with this, and um, uh, in an effort to go through all the books of the Bible in 10 years, the pastoral team decided to set apart every month of September to preach from the book of Psalms, the scripture's songbook dedicated to teach God's people the proper worship of our Lord. All in all, there are 150 Psalms. And so if we push through through this, we will have gone through about a third of them in 10 years. Isn't that exciting? It is. Last week, Pastor Will jo journeyed with us through Psalm 8, a, a song that highlights God's magnificence as reflected in His creation. Today, we'll going through Psalm 32, which highlights God's forgiveness. By the way, you might have noticed that with the Psalms, we do not say Psalms chapter 8 or Psalms chapter 32. This is because they are not chapters of a book, but songs. So, we say Psalm 32 like song number 32. So with that, let us open our Bibles to Psalm 32 and read it all together. Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at the time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with the, my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curved and with bit and brittle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, back when I was studying at Hope Christian High School, I was always early in school. And I'm not sure now, but back in our Hope, in, 
in our hope days, they used to play hymns over the PA system before the 7 a.m. bell rings. And if my memory serves me right, they played the same songs ever since I was in elementary up until I graduated from high school. And so there was one song that got stuck in my head until now. It goes, You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Paulit-ulit yan. Every morning I hear this song, ever since I was in elementary to high school. Back then, I didn't know this song and the title of this song, and I couldn't understand what it meant. What does it mean, you are my hiding place? When I was a kid, I thought, ano ito, taguan? Like, am I playing hide and seek with God? I never knew what it meant, even when I already became a Christian. Only when I encountered Psalm 32 in my seminary days, that is when I realized na dito pala galing yung song. And I realized what it meant. Psalm 32 is considered by many as a penitential psalm. It is a psalm about acknowledging and confessing our sin to God, something that is not so natural for human beings to do. You see, when we make a mistake or we commit a violation, our first reaction is to try to cover it up or deny it. We play innocent and we try to hide it. Just like when Adam and Eve hid from God after eating the forbidden fruit. We think the best way to deal with sin is to hide it. But Psalm 32 teaches God's people that the opposite is actually better. It is better to confess your sins to God rather than to hide it from Him. The psalmist calls it blessed. In the first two verses of the psalm, it says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Blessed, like the one in the Beatitudes, meaning happy. Why is it happy to confess your sins to God? Isn't admitting one's fault a scary experience? How can it be happy? The psalm teaches us that when we confess our sins to God, He covers it up. Instead of hiding from God, He becomes our hiding place. That is why my title for today is To Cover or Be Covered. To Cover or Be Covered. Which one is better? And the truth that Psalm 32 wants to teach us today is do not cover your sins from God. Confess them and be covered by His grace. Do not cover your sins from God. Confess them and be covered by His grace. How is this true? Let us discover together as we go through Psalm 32. Let's first understand what happens when you try to cover up our sins from God. During this season of global pandemic, Putting on extra covering has become a necessity. There's a big demand for face masks, face shields, disposable gloves, PPE suits, etc. We use all of these to protect ourselves and our loved ones from being infected by COVID-19. But 
everyone knows that these extra coverings cannot completely protect us from the virus. Yes, we give ourselves a fighting chance from the danger, but it does not guarantee the total protection that we need. Even by wearing them, it cannot give us the peace of mind that we will not get infected. The same way, covering, covering up our sins cannot give us the peace that we so desire. It is never enough. But our analogy ends here. Because covering our sins actually causes harm. As the psalmist experienced in his life, it, is act, it actually gave more sorrow to him. It brought him more sorrow. Listen to what he experienced when he tried to hide his sins from God. In verse 3 it says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. You know, keeping silent is how the psalmist tried to cover his sins. And when he did, he described it as if he's deteriorating inside out. Not physically, but possibly mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. His groaning comes from carrying his guilt as he tries to stifle his conscience. In verse 4, he continues to describe his agony. He says, For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Here we see that the psalmist knows his need to confess his sins because he felt God's hand crushing him as he stubbornly continues to hide his sins from, from God. And as he continues to keep silent, ironically, his mouth groans and his tongue experiences great thirst as if stuck in the middle of the desert. You know, we experience the same things when we try to hide our faults from God or from people. Instead of having peace, we keep thinking about it. We feel the guilt and we grow tired to trying to find an excuse to justify our mistakes. Nakapagod sa kaisip. Fear also envelops us when we try to hide our sins. We worry all day long from people, uh, we worry all the time of people finding out. And we worry that what will happen when they do find out. And so we try to think of more ways to cover it up. But the funny thing is, is that we know that we cannot cover it up completely, especially not from God. Because we know that He knows. Another psalm tells us, Psalm 139, verse 1 to 3, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit, up, when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. You see, it is foolish to hide our sins from God because nothing is hidden from Him. Even when we do it in our locked rooms, God sees and therefore God knows. So, it is foolish to cover our sins from God because one, He knows. And number two, it will only bring sorrow and not peace. Covering up your sins from God will only bring sorrow. But covering up our sins is what we have always done. Adam and Eve did it 
So did David. But all of them soon found out that it was foolish to do so. Until today, we keep trying to cover up our sins from God. We cover up our sins by keeping it to ourselves, by staying silent like the psalmist did. Or we cover up our sins through our good deeds or by being religious, going to church. Some even try to cover up sin by denying the reality of sin. But the reality is, is that we are all sinners. We are rotting away inside and out because of our sins. And we cannot cover up the stench. So brothers and sisters, are you trying to, uh, are you trying to cover up any sin from God? If you are, then I'm sure that you're also experiencing what the psalmist experienced. That covering your sins that does not bring peace, but only sorrow. We have all experienced it in our lives because that is what we are so used to do, covering up our sins. And so, brothers and sisters, do not cover your sins from God. Confess them and be covered by His grace. Be covered by His grace. Now that we understand the negative effects of covering up our sins, next let us understand what happens when God covers our sins for us. What does it mean that God covers our sin? And how does it happen? The psalmist tells us in verse 5. It says, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. What does it mean when God covers our sin? It means He forgives us from our sins. And how can we experience His forgiveness? Not by covering it up with our good deeds or by going to church, but by confessing our sins to Him, acknowledging our sinfulness, and asking for forgiveness. It is as simple as that. Now I, or, I, now, I believe that many of us already understand what forgiveness is about. It is something that many of us have experienced from one another. Either you have been forgiven by someone or you have forgiven someone. But let me, let me remind all of us that there's a big difference between us forgiving each other and us being forgiven by God. There's a big difference between the two. The reason for this is because tayo, we are all sinners. So for us, for us to forgive each other is not such a big deal. It's a sinner forgiving another sinner. But when God forgives us, it is the holy God forgiving a sinful people. And so it is a big deal. What does it mean to be forgiven by God? First, it is effective. God's forgiveness is effective. In Psalm 103 verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. When God covers our sin, when God forgives, He forgives completely. When He forgives, He separates our sin away from us as far as the east is from the west. Meaning, infinite so far because 
the east and the west never ends. In Isaiah 43, verse 25, the Lord says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. He blots it out, meaning when God forgives, there will be no record of it, and he will remember it no more. Not that the Lord literally forgets, but that he will never speak of it again and judge you with it. When God covers your sin, he covers it completely. He doesn't look at it anymore. You know, in the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, from C.S. Lewis' Chronicles of Narnia, Edmund, one of the Pevensey brother, the one who betrayed his siblings to join the witch, after he was rescued, he was found talking with the great lion, Aslan. C.S. Lewis cleverly narrated, There's no need to tell you, and no one has ever heard, what Aslan was saying, but it was a conversation which Edmund never forgot. As the others drew near, Aslan turned to meet him, to meet them, bringing Edmund with him. Here is your brother, he said, and there is no need to talk to him about what is past. There is no need to talk to him about what is past. Here C.S. Lewis beautifully illustrated the forgiveness of our Lord. When the Lord forgives, there is no need to talk about it. It is forgiven. Even the witch cannot do anything to Edmund because of Aslan. No wonder the psalmist sings in verse 7, You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. That is how effective God's forgiveness is. When God covers your sin, He covers it completely, even from its ultimate penalty. But not without cost. Not without cost. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews that indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Just as God's forgiveness is effective, it is also as costly. Psalm 32 did not tell us about the cost of God's forgiveness. But it does imply that it is completely paid by God alone. The psalmist has no part in it. We have no part in it. We see an example of this costliness through the covering that God provides in chapter 3 of Genesis. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned? They tried to sew fig leaves to cover their shame. But it was not enough. In the end, God gave them garments made from animal skin to clothe them. An animal has to die to cover them effectively. But God's effective forgiveness requires more than animal sacrifice. It requires the sacrifice of His only Son, the perfect spotless Lamb of God, for a holy God to forgive a sinful people. That is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, 
For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was made to be sin offering, even though he did not have any sin to pay for our sins. And how do we receive this effective and costly forgiveness of God bought by the blood of His only Son? By confessing our sins to God, acknowledging our sinfulness and our need for forgiveness that is only made possible through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the solution to sin is not to cover it up, but allow ourselves to be covered by the forgiver of sins, the one who gave his life for us on the cross. His name is Jesus. Through his blood, he washed away our sins. And when we trust in Jesus, confessing our sins and asking forgiveness, God does not look at our sins anymore. In 1 John 1, verse 8 to 9, it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And by the way, don't wait. Do it now. For that is what the psalmist urges, urges us to do. In verse 6, he tells his readers, Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayers to you at the time when you may be found. Surely, in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. The psalm tells us, confess your sins now before it is too late. There will be a time when our God will not offer his forgiveness anymore. So brothers and sisters in Christ, don't cover up your sins, but be covered by the grace and forgiveness of God. It is effective because it is costly, paid by the precious blood of His Son. And it is the righteousness of Jesus that covers our sin. No matter how great or small it is, God will cover it by His forgiveness. And we receive this covering when we confess our sins to God and confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And so, brothers and sisters, do not cover your sins from God. Confess them and be covered by His grace through His Son, Jesus Christ. And remember, don't wait. Do it now. Now that we understand what it means that our sins are covered by God, let us now understand what a life that is covered by God looks like. How does it affect your life when you are covered by God? How does it affect your life? Firstly, when you are covered by God, you repent. You repent. The psalmist teaches us not to be stubborn as he was. But instead, follow the instruction of our Lord. In verse 8 to 9, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be, which must be curved with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. 
You see, repentance must be evident in a life that is forgiven by God. A person who truly knows his faults is wise not to do them. When we repent of our sins, it shows that we are truly sincere when we ask for the forgiveness of our Lord. Confessing our sins and repenting from our sins always goes hand in hand. It's like two sides of the same coin. You can never separate them. Now, some of you might think that repentance is hard. And it is. Or some of you might think, Pastor, that's impossible to repent. But let me tell you that the power to repent is also included in God's forgiveness. That's how effective God's forgiveness is. When He forgives our sins, He also empowers us to be free from the power and slavery of sin. That is what Paul is telling us in Romans chapter 6. He says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, having become, have become slaves of righteousness. When you are covered by God, you repent. For repentance is a mark of the forgiven. The second mark of a life covered by the forgiveness of God is rejoicing. Rejoice. When you are covered by God, you rejoice. In Psalm 32, verse 10 to 11, it says, Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. You see, when you cover your sins from God, the result is sorrow. When God covers your sins, the result is rejoicing. Anyone who has been forgiven a great debt rejoices. And rejoicing that comes from being forgiven by God is actually worship. Is our worship of God evident? It must be. For anyone who has been forgiven by God should rejoice in God. That's why even, through Psalm, even though Psalm 32 is a psalm of confession, it is also considered by many a psalm of thanksgiving because the end result of being forgiven is rejoicing. Rejoicing, thankfulness, gratitude to the God who forgave us. So, when you are covered by the grace and forgiveness of our Lord, you rejoice. You repent, you rejoice. These are the evidence of a forgiven life. But there's one more thing, and it's not included in Psalm 32, but it is included in our Lord's teaching. You know, when the Apostle Peter came to Jesus, complaining about his brother, asking Jesus, Lord, ilang beses ko ba forgive tong kapatid ko? He asked five times, six times, seven times. Seeing his frustration, Jesus answered him, 70 times seven times, meaning, don't count it. Wag mo nang bilangin. Then he proceeded to tell a parable. A parable about a servant who owed a king a great debt, but was forgiven of that great debt after pleading for mercy. 
And yet, when that same servant saw his fellow servant who owed him little but was unable to pay him, what did he do? He got angry and he put his fellow servant in prison. When the king found out what happened, he was not happy. He then put this servant to prison until he can pay all his debt, which was impossible. What was Jesus teaching here? He's teaching all his disciples, including us, that those who have been forgiven by God knows how to forgive others. When you are covered by the forgiveness of God, you reciprocate that forgiveness to others. You reciprocate that forgiveness, that same forgiveness that God gave you, and you forgive others. It doesn't matter how great the sin against you was, your sin against God is immeasurably greater. And yet, He forgave you, even at the cost of His Son's life. Brothers and sisters, if you truly grasp the greatness of God's forgiveness towards you, if you have received that forgiveness, then it must be evident by how you reciprocate forgiveness to others who have wronged you. That is the mark of a forgiven life. So, is there someone you need to forgive in your life? Your spouse? Your parents? Your children? Your sibling? Your friend? Your boss? Your co-worker? Or maybe even your pastor? Forgive them even if they didn't ask for your forgiveness. Because when, you, when your sins are covered by God, you reciprocate forgiveness to others. When you are covered by the forgiveness of God, you repent, you rejoice, and you reciprocate. Three R's for you to remember what it means to be forgiven by God. Brothers and sisters, let me remind all of us that there is no shame in admitting that we are sinners because all of us are. And there is no need to carry the guilt and sorrow of sin for our Lord has promised to carry it for us. No need to pretend that we are righteous because only the righteousness that God bestows upon us really matters to Him. And that is the righteousness of our Lord Jesus. Do not cover up your sins from God. Do not be self-righteous. Instead, humble yourselves and confess your sins. And He promises us that He is faithful and just to forgive us. And He will cover you with the righteousness of His Son, His Son Jesus, and remember your sins no more. You ECP, do not cover your sins from God, but be covered by His forgiveness and grace through His Son, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we give thanks for this morning that you have allowed us to hear Psalm 32, a beautiful psalm that teaches us that it is 
blessed to confess our sins to you rather than to cover it up. Lord, we acknowledge that we are sinners. And Lord, there are so many sins that we commit each day. But Lord, teach us every day to confess it all to you. Help us, Lord, to see our faults. Help us to see our sins because there are so many sins that we are not even aware of. Help us to see them and confess them all to you. Ask for your forgiveness. And by the power of your Spirit, repent. Teach us, Lord, to humble our hearts and instead choose to be covered, to be covered by your righteousness rather than covering our sins up. Indeed, there is forgiveness in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now for those among you who haven't received the forgiveness of our Lord, if those among you, for those among you who haven't received Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, don't wait. This is the time to do so. If you want to confess your sins to God and ask for forgiveness, accept Jesus in your life, and you can pray this prayer with me. O oh Lord, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. And today I acknowledge your Son, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord and Savior, whom you have given to pay for my sin. I accept him in my life. And I thank you for the gift of grace. Thank you for forgiving me through him. Thank you for his sacrifice on the cross that paid for my sins. O oh Lord, help me to trust in him and help me live this new life I have in him, empowered to go against sin. Oh Lord, I put my trust in our Lord and Savior. Amen and Amen.